You are listening to an M Pavilion podcast, conversations about design and the world we live in. For more, visit our archive at library.mpavilion.org and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. Good afternoon, everybody. Thank you very much for coming to this event. Um, before we get started, I'd just like to acknowledge the fact that the honey and the honeycomb that you'll be tasting today has been produced on unseeded lands. And I look forward to a day when we can actually make honey from the lands in a context of peace and reconciliation. So we acknowledge that the uh, Yalakut Wheelan are the traditional custodians of the land on which we meet. The Yalakut Wheelan are part of the Boon Warang, one of the five major language groups of the Greater Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to their land, their ancestors, and their elders past, present, and to the future, and to all the flowers that grow on their land as well. Uh, welcome to Sparrows in the Supermarket, which is a uh, debut poetry publication. Um, today, Stanislava is going to do a little introduction and a little talk. Um, we'll do a couple of readings, and after that, we'd invite you to come up to the table and enjoy the other poetry that we do, which is beekeeping. Um, today's going to be a little different than what we usually do when we have a grazing table. Considering what's going on in the country at the moment, we'll have two staff over here who will actually be breaking off the bread, asking you if you want butter or honey or honeycomb, and they'll be preparing it for you and passing it to you. So we ask that you actually don't touch anything on the table for reasons which I probably don't have to, uh, to talk about too much, which is a shame because usually I love people to come up and share bread and break bread, but it is what it is. Without further ado, I'd actually like to introduce Stanislava Pinchuk, who um, has been a great friend and collaborator and muse and travel companion and writing partner. Um, thank you, Stan. Thank you so much for coming today. Um, I felt really honoured to write the introduction to this book of poetry. Uh, and I thought a lot about it. And I think it came at a time where I've been thinking a lot about why poetry is really important. Um, and the fact that poetry kind of, like no other medium, really lets us live in someone's consciousness and complete emotional and abstract being and connect with them for that split second. and. Uh, is so much less didactic, I guess, than any other way of creating, and maybe that's such a model for the future. So I thought I would read my introduction, as Nick asked, and pass it back to Nick to read two poems that he's selected um, that are kind of referenced in my writing. So sometime in the great turn to modernism, René Char wrote that the mark of the great poet is the number of pages he did not write. 
So I always wondered if he decided this in Paris, in an apartment somewhere, or if he was already in the resistance by then, or maybe he just always believed it to be true from the start. So I would like to think that the mark of a great poet is the number of pages that they gleaned as life went on. I decided this in Nick's passenger seat, northbound out of Agadir. We were nearly in a pile-up, pile egging each other on, chasing a truck with a bumper sticker that said, hot freedom, in italicized rainbow text with flames on either end. It was one of the many gleaned phrases that Nick had me type into his phone notes on our drive, reminding me the passcode every time. They were all like this, incidental and happy relics of circumstance. Some, I was pleased to see, were things that I just said myself a second earlier. And of course, I'm even more pleased to see some of them appear in this print edition. These lines are found between other phrases, stolen fragments from unknowing and sometimes knowing friends. Some have been gl gleaned from the brisk and unintended lyricism of text messages, others from robot translations and street signs. Some are overheard profundities from strangers, from the way we go watching our pheromones and better judgments pollinate the metropolis and the internet. In live time, from all the spaces where biology and technology collide. But this attentiveness isn't just the mark of a great poet alone. It's also the mark of a great beekeeper. And betrays the real reason for our slightly mad drive through the Sahel, blasting disco music with a car boot full of tin sardines, nuts, and unleavened bread. For both the poet and the beekeeper, everything comes down to the microscopic attunement, to molecular emotions, the most subtle environmental changes, and the tiniest biological behaviors. To the metabolism of bodies, colonies, and cities, to seasons and weather patterns. It's the ability to tell between artificiality, decay, and fermentation, but also to spot nuance, sensibility, nausea, comedy, nostalgia, desire, fatigue, seduction, regret, and above all, epic and ecstatic love. To write this list reminds me of the very end of that drive, and incidentally, to my, my most profound memory of poetry. Sitting on Tangier's Casper wall at 4 a.m., Nick read aloud Rumi's like this from the white light and silver screen of his phone. While the mystic's body leaves and then returns in the poem's verses, the polyphonic call of the azan rang from every direction in the city. When the light rises, the Medina's roosters crow along the muezzins. And it's my favorite hour in my favorite place on earth, marking the crossover where the holy people begin their day and the unholy pack it in for the night. Written 800 years ago, like this, in all its simplicity and rapture, reads not only as timeless, but as avant-garde even by today's standards. So let us also hope that the poems in this text will one day, far ahead of us, feel like that too. And if the mark of the great poet is still the number of pages he did not write, let us be that much more grateful for all the pages that the world's great gleaners have gifted to us starting here. Thank you. I thought I should um, really read Soft Apocalypse for uh, obvious reasons. It was a poem I started maybe 18 months ago. And um, every time something shit happens, I put in another little verse. And it's quite interesting because Corona got a mention too before it went to print. So here we go. Soft apocalypse. Summer days in autumn. Soft apocalypse. 
reality TV star as their president, soft apocalypse. Blue plastic lids in the collections of satin bowerbirds, soft apocalypse. Pissing out antidepressants that mellow the territorial behaviors, behaviors of fighting fish downstream, soft apocalypse. All my friends drinking alone tonight, soft apocalypse. The holy war and human tragedy that is Syria, hard apocalypse. Watching it all from my comfortable living room, soft apocalypse. Ryan Gosling's Dalfour t-shirt, soft apocalypse. The last golden age of beekeeping, Varroa destructor on ships in the port, soft apocalypse, soft apocalypse. Your self-esteem in this social media, soft apocalypse. Selling your privacy for likes, soft apocalypse. Your metadata winning their election, soft apocalypse. When bottled water is more expensive than milk, soft apocalypse. Crews of leaf blowers, soft apocalypse. The plastic honeycomb in all those flow hives, soft apocalypse. The bushfire season never really ends anymore, soft apocalypse. The poetic convenience of wearing P2 masks we bought for the bushfire haze for coronavirus too, soft apocalypse. Emotional poetry, soft apocalypse. But um, maybe it's also nice to think about poetry as also being little mantras. So it doesn't always have to be so heavy. Plants. When I make bad life decisions and feel like burning them all down, I should leave them and cultivate better choices in the same place. At times like this, it's nice to think about rainforests and the beautiful complexity of plants growing on plants, growing on plants. And uh, Stanislava's turn. Thank you so much. Uh, I kind of wrote my introduction when I still had a much bigger list of poems that weren't, uh, that were still being culled for this uh, edition. But these are two that I kind of read over and over when I was thinking about what to write. And I thought they were so beautiful because of the setup that we have here as well. Uh, Life After Honey. On the kitchen table to receive guests, bread, honey, olive oil, a knife just in case they pop in. Lunch in the tote bag, bread, honey, olive oil, a pocket knife, just in case it's hard work. To be buried with significant things, bread, honey, olive oil, a gilded knife, just in case I was wrong. Uh, and a second, which was, uh, which was about Rumi, um, so I, I'm, I'm a little bit biased, but it's called Liar Liar. I had a dream this week that Rumi was reading, like this, like this, on YouTube. He was in colour. I woke up, uplifted, and then realised and felt, please select, sweet sadness, deep, deep longing, for what? Hungry like the wolf. And that was a multiple choice. You got to select which of those feelings 
but uh, you can't see that when it's read out. Um, does anybody have a request for one of the poems from the book that I could read? Base. Base, okay. <laughs> so this is also has a graphical element to it. So I'm about to read a poem that runs from base to acid and denotes the pH for each of them. It's in a list. You can have a look at it later. It's a bit sciencey. Base. 13.5 pH. Is that how you say it or you say pH 13.5? pH 13.5, bleach. pH 12, nostalgia. pH 11.5, unrequited crush. pH 10, Sunday morning. pH 8, swimming in seawater. pH 7.4, human blood. pH 7, Neutral, human tears. pH 6.4, the milk of human kindness. pH 5, black coffee. pH 4, whiskey. pH 3, fallen petals on the footpath. pH 2, Scorpio. pH 1, jealousy. pH 0, battery acid. Acid. And most of those are actually technically correct. <laughs> Any other requests? Drive. Drive, okay. Actually, this is kind of about Morocco too. Today I'm driving from Melbourne to Morocco. Today I'm driving from the, the green hinterland deep, deep into the orange dirt of the Australian desert. Today I'm driving with all the windows down. Today I'm driving from 2018 to 1991 to pick up a younger me hitchhiking the wide Pacific Highway. Today I'm driving to mum's place. Today I'm driving to school to pick the kids up. Today I'm driving to the big banana or the big prawn or to something big and stupid and happy. Today I'm driving to Graceland. Today I'm driving to Newark, thumping the wheel to Springsteen's Born to Run. Today I'm driving with all the rear vision mirrors painted over in layers and layers and layers of white. Today I'm driving over all the rumble strips of feelings I buried in the road. Today I'm driving through all the stop signs. Today I'm driving to the rainforest up north and leaving my car to be overgrown by vines. Today I'm driving to New Year's Eve 2030 and watching the sunrise over 2031. Today I'm driving with, today I'm lighting all four tires on fire and driving into the deep sea swell of the Southern Ocean. Today I'm driving to your place and throwing you the keys. Get in, drive. Cool. I'm just going to read one last one. Um, and you can just ask Nick to read them to you with his beautiful voice in person, like just serenade you or lead him to your lover and have them serenade them. Uh, but I'm going to close it with don't, just don't. It's spring, but don't fall in love with, in the park. Don't fall in love with your friends. Don't fall in love just because you feel like it today. Don't fall in love inside the software. Don't fall in love with 1970s Iran. Don't fall in love with the fragrance of jasmine. Don't fall in love with cigarettes. Don't fall in love with a narcissist who is in love with smoking cigarettes. Don't fall in love with fake feelings. 
Don't fall in love with the concept and don't fall in love with people who don't fall in love. Don't, just don't. Thanks, Stan. Thanks for coming, everybody. And while I'm giving some thanks, on the table we have some things that uh, have been made by friends. Um, number one friends being the bees from all over Melbourne suburbs. So we've got honeycomb from, where did that come in from? Coburg, I think, and three varieties of honey here. A really lovely dark one from North Melbourne last season, Abbotsford, and I think this is from Fitzroy. I'd also like to thank Boris from All Our Welcome, who's having a little snooze now between baker shifts. But Boris baked all the bread for us, and we do have more bread. Um, I'd like to thank Samantha for the ceramics or lending me the ceramics today, so she made those. I'd like to thank Elsa for helping out. I'd like to thank George. Where's George for helping out? And my wife Natalie over there, who's doing the excellent patient job of looking after Arak, our new sort of puppy dog. Um, so yeah, and on the table as well today, we've got olive oil, salt, a couple of pocket knives, including a new one that came back from Morocco a little while ago, some cultured butter, and there's a new little uh, series of sculptures here that refer to the quote on the inside cover. <whistles> Arak. Oh, thanks, Arak. Um, that refer to the fact that Honey is what geography tastes like. And if you hang around for long enough, there's another little poem that will be revealed uh, as the afternoon goes on. So Elsa and Samantha are going to serve you guys, okay? So hang around. If you want to come and have a chat, want me to write something on your books or whatever, please do so. And once again, thank you very, very much for coming. You're listening to an M Pavilion podcast, conversations about design and the world we live in. For more, visit our archive at library.mpavilion.org and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts.